This week on Erotic Awakening, Phoenix Boys of Leather, some Leather 101, and more simple sex tips. BDSM and non-standard relationships. Power exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As well as <laughs> simply fun kink. You'll find shows on these <laughs> topics and all things Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you're offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening when, Dawn? Right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. How do we fuck up the opening we like totally that? totally fucked up. <laughs> did you see me hit you? Yes. Yeah, I'm... everybody else on there did, too. Yes. <laughs> um, I did it. <laughs> what, did, what, what did we skip? What did we do? I don't know. I messed up on fetishes and then just went <laughs> funky we're, from there. We're only 450 episodes in. I'm sure we'll get it straight eventually. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. That's my radio voice. <laughs> nice. Uh, today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about the... Um, uh, we had a great interview with um, Patrick from the mm-hmm. Phoenix Boys of Leather. And we're going to talk a little bit of Leather 101 type stuff from a couple of the random questions that we've received as well as we have a question of the day about scheduling and some simple sex tips. Simple sex tips. We haven't been so much about the simple sex tips so far. We're going to keep plugging through them. we got some good ones maybe this time around. Okay, maybe. maybe. I'm, <laughs> I'm holding not committing hope. actually. Holding hope. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm good, especially after last night. Did you enjoy our scene? I enjoyed our scene. We had our... Uh, she enjoyed our scene. I enjoyed our scene. <laughs> we had our uh, anniversary uh-huh. scene last night. So just hit... Uh, yesterday, we just hit uh, 17 years, formerly collared. 17 so. years in a 24-7 power exchange relationship. Yes, sir. That's not bad. That's not bad. So I think we may have figured out a few things <laughs> to make it successful. <laughs> do you ever see, or do you even go on FetLife anymore for like in the groups? No, I go on there and post every now and then if I have something to share. I do writings. Um, I don't really go into the groups. I try right. it. I just don't have the time. Yeah. So I try to pay attention a little bit. I recent, It's tricky though, right? You get on the, um, like there's a master and slave group. There's probably a dozen of them, but there's mm-hmm. one particular one. And it's like how... People define master and slave as somewhat different than how you and I just, you know, what we're celebrating 17 mm-hmm. years of. Right. And what other people are defining that kind of relationship. Just different. How how different? Uh, well, you know, certainly a lot of people see that power exchange relationships or master-slave relationships, they're just seeing it from the sex perspective. Oh, okay. And that's, that's how we got started. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of uh, snarky... People that identify as slaves that I wouldn't, um, I would be embarrassed if they were in my collar. Oh, yeah. You know, but, so, you know, who the hell are we? I don't know. Uh, we did write a book. We did write a book, yes. <laughs> it's not like you wrote a book or anything. Oh, wait. Yes, we did. <laughs> so, Don, today's question of the day is, do you, Don, have any advice for hmm. DS couples that are on different working schedules? Oh, so, like... Third and first, or yeah, just kind of. Yeah. Um, do I have any advice? Have we ever done opposite schedules? No. When your schedule, when you got moved to second shift, mm-hmm. I got laid off. <laughs> you were all excited because we were going to be on separate shifts for a little while, and then I got laid off, and I was home all the time. <laughs> We've had some occasions of non-exactly matching up 
schedules and shifts. Yeah. Um, but only by a couple of hours or so. Yeah. So I guess we don't have an answer to this question of the so, day. So, but, no, but, <laughs> well, I was, I like to base my answers on experience. Right. And I can't pull any experience, but I do have some suggestions. I mean, you can still be master and slave. You don't have to be around each other all the time. I mean, you can still have your rituals. You can still have your check-ins, right? We still have our morning check-ins, mm-hmm. emails. Um, just things that would help give it some power. I think that there's some uh, some ones that I would recommend include the slave should be providing the uh, prepping meals mm-hmm. for the master. Um as in, like, you pack my lunch and my breakfast for me every day. Right. doesn't matter what shift you're on. You can still do that. That's, you know, one of those little connections that you can create throughout the day. And for that matter, oh, slave, you could actually on occasion slide a little note into that lunch, mm-hmm. you know, and, and build a connection that way. From the master perspective, again, you're, you, you, we've got all this modern technology, email, IM, that you can stay in touch, but also make sure that, if you say, hey, make sure that you, you know, make the bed is one of the commands that you give, that you're checking right. that. And you can do that when you, regardless of what yeah, shift that you're Yeah, so it would kind of be like a long-distance relationship Absolutely. with the add-in of that you share the same space. I'm assuming you guys share the same space, the people that ask the question. Right. I think I think that was just an assumption. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's people that do this long-distance that um, use texting and rituals mm-hmm. and emails and yeah, all of that yeah. stuff. So, so that that was our perspective. Uh, there's a lot of value in that, and we're big fans of don't. Um, if you don't know, say you don't know. Mm-hmm. So here's one where I would recommend find some other people that have had similar experiences and see what they've done. Right. I've noticed a, on a complete side note, and we are uh, filming today's podcast. Yes, I've got a this um, <laughs> Chinese iron chopstick that I was using to beat you with the last time I recorded. Uh-huh. And I'm kind of using it as a conductor. If, you know, <laughs> I so, noticed so that. So make points to things. So I, I noticed I, I that. I like that. I'm so. going to keep it in my hand. But you know what? Sometimes, um, like with this question uh-huh. of the day, I wonder why they're even asking the question. So it makes me think that maybe they're new mm-hmm. and maybe they're thinking power exchange is all about grabbing somebody's hair and all the physical stuff yeah. that goes on. So... Yeah, so those those would be hard. And like you said, that's, a lot of that is how we started, it, right? Absolutely, we, how we started. And we still have a lot of a physical connection, but it's not the foundation of our relationship at this point. Right. So, but that's a great point. You know, how do you continue to keep that? Because a lot of our connection does come from a simple grabbing you by the hair. <laughs> you do a lot of quickie run bys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> grabbing the hair, quick punch. Yeah, so things um, like that. So certainly regardless of that shift change, you can, you know, one of the things you can do is set some time aside. You know, take a weekend off and oh, go be yeah. hardcore master slave weekend. That's fun. We used to do that. Mm-hmm. So take a weekend off, you know, if you got kids, have someone watch the kids and go find a cabin somewhere and just be your 24/7 yep. power exchange selves. Yep. So fun. So maybe maybe some of those will be mm-hmm. of value to you. Awesome. If you would like to provide us a cabin in the woods to hang out at, you can get a hold of us via the contact form on the webpage, eroticawakening.com. So, or, I mean, there's all kinds of ways of writing us on that webpage, or you can follow us on FetLife and just find the owners of the Fet group, Erotic Awakening, two words, and that would be us. Yes, it would be. Yes.
Yay. All right. Well, there's the podcast for the day. No, <laughs> we have a little bit more. So but we not a whole lot more. Not no a new whole subscribers. lot more. This one's a quickie. So no new subscribers. Um, somebody did take pity on me for not having any tentacles sent the last time around. So Ohio Hedgehog, thank you very much. So he sent me quite a few links that I get to peruse. You know what? Um, actually, yes. Chip the Tentacle Guy also <gasps> sent a link. Did he? But it was buried in... It. Uh, so you and I will be pres- will be presenting at Leather Leadership Conference in Atlanta in just a couple of days. And yeah. apparently, the route between Columbus, Ohio, and Atlanta goes kind of by where uh, Chip the Tentacle Guy lives. Oh. And he was saying you should stop by, but of course, we're not driving; we're flying. We're flying. Yeah. Apparently, uh, he did not have wonderful things to say about the Atlanta airport. We'll see for ourselves shortly. We've been there once, but it's been many, many years ago. Remember, it was a. Uh, Oh, shoot, because we actually participated in the show there. It was a fetish flea market. Oh, sure. That was done by CTAN. Yeah. From the North Fetish Flea Market. They were trying it in Atlanta. We were there, but that's like 2005. That was indeed quite a while ago. That's a long time ago. Yes. Wow, we've been doing this for a long fucking time. (laughs) Holy cow. I'm starting to feel my age. Um, I don't want to feel my age. <laughs> well, if you don't want to feel your age, you should go check out. Here's this for a segue. Oh, shit. Okay. I uh, recently posted on our Patreon site our 90 minutes sensual spanking video. Nice. So that's 90 minutes of you and me talking about sensual spanking as well mm-hmm. as a bunch of demo mm-hmm. type stuff as well. Um, and again, that's just something we, you know, we, we put out there for our, on our little Patreon page. Nice. And uh, hopefully people will enjoy that. It's not my ass, though, is it? I don't think it is your ass on this that particular was after one. Surgery. You're after after a little bit of surgery. We yeah. had a demo butt. Yes, we had a demo butt. I saw the picture that you were doing when you were putting the video together, uh-huh. and I'm like, "Ooh, that's new me." Oh, that means it's not my ass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to head over to the Erotic Awakening website, you too could click on the support us on Patreon button and watch that video, as well as help keep the podcast going. You'll get access to our secret Facebook group free books, and Kickstarter cards, as well as even one-on-one time with Dan and Dawn. With us? With us. Ooh, nice. Though, they can also spend time with us if they go to one of the events they go to. For example, Atlanta, Georgia on March 9th, Cleveland, Ohio on March 17th, Chicago, Illinois on March 23rd. And by the way, we've picked up since our last podcast, which I believe was last week. Might have been two weeks ago. I think it was two weeks ago. We've picked up three more bookings for this year. I saw that. Yeah. You know I just got a new job, right? Well, not my problem, lady. You should have got a job presenting around the nation as a kink presenter because we do the shit out of that. We do the shit out of that. That's fun. We don't do it for the pay, though. If they (laughs) want to pay us, we take the pay. (laughs) That's why we beg for Patreon donations. Because that shit don't pay nothing. At least not for us. Mm -mm. And that's, you know, a choice. And we've been through that one before. Yeah. So, Dawn, tell me this, if you would. (laughs) Have you ever, from our totally sexual or totally (laughs) doable sex tips. Yes. Okay. Have you ever left the curtain and or the bedroom door open while you're doing it? On purpose? Yes. No. This is to to create the illusion of letting strangers watch. Yeah. Like my kids that are home? Who the hell's going to be home to almost watch? No, actually, I'm super paranoid. I don't want people to be able to see through the curtains Uh or have the bedroom door open. I don't want – I am very hyper 
about um, the fact that kids might be able to see. Right. So and just riding their little Johnny riding his motorcycle or his bicycle down the street. Right. So or anybody. Yeah. So I'm right. actually p- hyper paranoid about that. Um, I don't want charges brought up against me and become an RSO. Right. I, can, I understand that. <laughs> And, and maybe this isn't a great question for us. Our scene last night was in the middle of the dungeon right. and both of us were naked. Right. So, And my thought is if you want to pretend that you're being watched, go to a swing club. Right? Mm-hmm. So you go to a swing club. A lot of them have rooms that where you can leave the door open and a chain up. Right. So you're not pretending. You're actually in a position where you could be watched. Right. There's some. Uh, there's a place that I go to in Dayton sometimes that has little windows with curtains over it into the rooms. You know, then you can have the little curtains open just a little <laughs> bit so that one or two people can peek, peek in. Maybe that's too much for some people. Uh, I don't for know. These people. So they'd rather risk being caught and have charges brought up. No, right. it's okay. So I'm, now this one I think work for me. <laughs> this one I think you're gonna like. Okay, I hope so. Pledge. Not to have sex for a week. Mm. Yes, sex is awesome. But one of the advantages of being in a long-term relationship is that you can swear off both sex and masturbation for an entire week. It'll put you in position to thirst for each other. We've done that. We have done that. And you've also given me orders that I can't masturbate as well, uh-huh. which is a rough one no, for no, me. No, no, I, no. I believe I've given you orders that you cannot orgasm for masturbation. Now that is true. Yes. That is true. And that's... <laughs> Hard as well, because I am a masturbator. Yes. I do like to self-pleasure a lot. Yes. Especially if I can't sleep. Got a... Better <laughs> than drugs, I suppose. Better than drugs. Sleeping pills. So, um, but yeah, we've done that before. Yeah. So that and, actually and I, works. I actually, I think that works. I think that's good advice. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, a fun way to create some sensual, sexual energy and some sexual tension in your relationship. I agree. So, and I like the sensual, the sexual tension. And there's a difference between, because sometimes there are weeks that I go without having sex, uh-huh. right? It's just a schedule. It's just the way things work out. But to have that pledge. Yeah. You know, to set that intent that you are not going to have sex. I bet I would be touching you more than I touch you now when I walk by you. Mm-hmm. Like, hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, we can't do anything and, and about And that's been, that was the case for us <laughs> yeah. when we were doing that. So that's not, so here we go. The list has redeemed they, itself. Yay, they have one. One more. <laughs> okay. Let's see how it goes. Uh-oh. Shop for lingerie together. Underwear explicits sexy thoughts. So include your partner in the process of selecting it. Buying bras, panties, or even sexy nightgowns is more fun when you can share a changing room and ask your partner for input. Share a changing room? What <sighs> stores allow you to share a changing room? And I, and I, do not particularly, don't. I don't particularly like this last bit to it. You don't even have to buy anything. Yeah, no, that's kind of... I don't like sharing... Okay, in the fantasy world, I love the idea of sharing a changing room, okay. right? Most stores are not going to allow you to do that. I mean, they've got people keeping watch <laughs> to make sure you don't do that. They don't want no, people I, fucking in there. I, I cannot remember. Rooms. I cannot imagine going to Victoria's Secret and saying, I'm going to bring a partner in with me. Is that cool? Right. Now, there's a little area, I suppose. Is there not an area where you can dress and then step out so your partner can see not you? Not underwear. They don't usually okay. recommend that in like see through so lingerie. I know, can you and even underwear. try on underwear? No. Sometimes, no, I think as far as you can get a swimsuit. And even if you try on swimsuits, they've got this 
thing on the crotch so that <laughs> so that your crotch doesn't, doesn't touch. touch someone else's that's tried it on right but uh no i don't think you can not in any stores i've been in anyway well I they'll think, measure you uh-huh. so that you can pick the right size but i don't think you can try it on then hang it back no, lingerie I, like on the top maybe a little different you can try that on but that's about it and even then they want like nipples covered and stuff if you walk out they want it to be legal when you walk out of the dressing room. I'm going to go to Kohl's and demand a try on underwear. <laughs> and then walk out so yes. that I can see you. No, no. That's what I'm going to do. There you go. So, again, fantasy-wise, so, I think so that's anything, great. Is there anything sexy about that? Going to well, shop lingerie together. Michelle, which, oh, damn it. So, likes to shop for lingerie. Uh-huh. And when her partner goes with her, uh-huh. she likes to shop, and then he will say, he will pick it up, and he'll drop it on the floor, and he'll go, yeah, looks really good. <laughs> because he's not into lingerie, right. right? So for him, it's not a sexy thing at all. For her, it is. For him, it's not. He just wants to see what it looks like on the floor, because he could care less what it looks like on a person's body. <laughs> it gets in the way. I'm going to say <laughs> this one is pretty, um, it's going to be depending on who you are as a person, right? To, yeah. If and when you have, there's a difference between if you go off and buying lingerie and then you're wearing it and say, "Oh, look at this hot lingerie I got." Right, uh-huh. that's one thing. It's different when you go off and buy lingerie with the intent that I'm going to see it and then it's, you're wearing it for me. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's that's not bad. There's a difference. There is a difference. Any there. any um, scenario where you take me shopping is not turning me on. <laughs> Just telling you that right now. All right. So uh, just like that, we're going to get into our interview. I'm going to ask you two questions about leather first, Dawn. Okay. Number one, can you identify bee leather, even though you may not be in a leather family or received any leather items, like somebody gifted you or presented you with leather? Absolutely. So, I mean, there's only so many leather houses out there. Some people don't even want to belong to a leather family or a leather house. You can absolutely still be leather. I mean, that's a huge community, right? Absolutely. So, and for me, it's a, you know, even if you ask somebody, how do you identify? I identify as leather. I'm part of of a retired house, but not an active house. Mm -hmm. But I identify as leather. For me, it's more about the... um, the community that's involved with leather, you know, some of the protocols, the history, the, you know, the rituals involved, you know, all of that. That is how I identify as leather. Um, but yeah, well, I okay. to a all house. Right. Part two. Okay. Can you be a vegetarian or a vegan and still be leather? See, I think you can. I think, I, I was just asking somebody this earlier. I think you, personally, for me, I think you can be leather and not own a piece of leather or ever Ooh. be gifted a piece of leather. Oh, wait a minute. Now, they're saying two completely different things. I certainly agree that you can be leather and never be gifted a piece of leather. And mm-hmm. for those that don't understand or don't are not familiar with the concept in Leatherland, it's not unusual that if they, you're, you spend a lot of time and energy um, focusing on the community and, and being selfless and stuff that a person that has more time in the community or I hate, I'm not going to say I'm elder, uh, but somebody who's been around a little longer will give you the, a gift of a piece of leather, be it a Mm -hmm. vest or boots or chaps, all depends on different situations. We'll not go that deep into it. Right. 
I get that. Mm-hmm. You, many leather people are never gifted leather because it just doesn't come up. Or it's not their thing. Mm-hmm. You can be leather without, you don't have to own any leather. I think so. No vest, st- no boots. I still think being part of the leather community has to do, and identifying as leather, has to do with wanting to be part of the community, not what you wear. Uh-huh. I think many of us, most of us wear leather. We like leather. We like how it looks. We like how it smells. We like how it feels. We like what it represents in mm-hmm. the community. So I think most of us, but I do not think you have to own a piece of leather to be part of the leather community. I think there's other ways of showing it. It's still costuming to me. Uh-huh. I'm not. So I don't know that you have to wear the costume. I'm not opposed to that. I, I agree philosophically with what you're saying. I think it would be very challenging to feel like you fit in if you were not going, if okay. you didn't own or wear any leather. You're training to be a monk. You're a monk teacher. Uh-huh. What if he always wears his monk robes? He's leather. Uh-huh. What if he always wears his monk robes? Is he not leather anymore because he doesn't wear leather? No, but he. this is a good point. I would. My initial thought was that he has earned his chops already. Okay. He's been in for a long time. Yeah. Very true. Right. He has worn leather. He's also a vegetarian or a vegan, one or the other. Oh. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, yeah, because I remember the comment he made that he would only eat a pig if it knocked on his door and dropped dead on his doorstep. <laughs> So, um, which he knows is not going to happen. But, uh, yeah, I don't know that if you went and started wearing your robes all the time at events and no leather, mm-hmm. I don't know that anybody could say that you're not part of the leather community. No, I, I agree with you. I, again, philosophically, I completely agree. Right. But would you feel like you fit in? That I can't answer. Yeah, that's if I didn't have any leather... And because what's going through my head is, is if I didn't have any leather, but I wanted to be part of the leather community, I would find other ways to do it. If owning leather, if owning animal hide Mm -hmm. was against my philosophy, and especially if I thought these things were, I mean, looking at these vests, if these animals were killed specifically to make these vests Uh and stuff, and it just really went against my morals, I would make a denim vest, right? Mm -hmm. I would make a black denim vest. I would make black denim sure. whatever. And I don't think I would have a problem with that. I yeah. still think I would try to fit in. So I would try to mimic the costuming, but it wouldn't have to be leather. Um, interestingly, I just realized that your e- another solution is latex. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Latex fits in. Denim yeah. fits in. A lot did of you know your old... Did you know that there is currently a thing to about getting latex out of the events? Because there's so many latex allergies. Yeah, yeah. So that's but a that's tricky a one. fetish. Yeah, that's a that would be hard. We're getting ready to sell. We just had a lot of latex given to us for uh-huh. the PXS silent auction. So, huh? I don't know how they can do that. I mean, they can if that's... they want to, obviously. But so, but no. I was going to say, did you know that some of the old um, leather clubs used to be called leather and denim mm-hmm. because you could have a choice? I didn't so, know that, that was why. I don't know that having a choice was why, but just that you did have a choice because of that. So. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, I would guess that Patrick from the Phoenix Boys of Leather Ooh. would absolutely have some ideas about this stuff as well. I think so.
Dawn, we are still here at Southwest Leather Fest. And conference. Conference, you just did that to me, didn't you? I did. And uh, we are currently enjoying the chocolate and cheese provided by the Phoenix Boys of Leather. And we are sitting with the president of Patrick Boy of Phoenix Boys of Leather, Patrick, or Patrick O. And Patrick apparently, o. Dawn wants to start off with finding out why we call you Patrick O. Cause, yeah. Yeah, because you laughed when, when we asked you what your name was. And you were like, <laughs> Patrick or Patrick O. Patrick o There's there, a funny story. There, there's a whole story behind it. So... I, um, it actually took me a while to join the Phoenix Boys of Leather, even though I found out about it when I first moved down to Phoenix. Uh, I was really nervous about getting into the scene, and anyways, so when I started joining, there was a joke going around when I was going up for membership that there was an entire group of people who were quote-unquote not for me joining. It was a whole inside joke with me because I was very in my mind about it. Okay. And so the the group who was against me was called the Patrick X's. <laughs> and the group who was for me was the Patrick O's. Nice. So it, it sort of became a, a running joke when I was going up for membership that the Patrick X's were going to vote me not to join the club. And the Patrick O's came in with a resounding victory so I could join the club. And so it just kind of stuck around, and uh, it was just something my mentor, uh, Rocco, just kind of came up with. So it was nice. it was a lot of fun. It helped me kind of be a little bit more relaxed going into it because it was something I could laugh about. Good. Nice. And, and nice. you're currently the president. Yes. Of, so how long ago was it that you joined? Um, I joined just a little over three years ago, and I've been the president. This is my third term going in. I got elected about... Six, four, four to six months after I became a member. And okay. So, wow. So, yeah. so what is the Phoenix Boys of Leather? Um, so we're a local uh, leather boy uh, community. So we're open to anybody who identifies as a boy. And identifying a bo as a boy is really, it's, it's a personal thing where it's, you have this sort of, uh, I like to think of it, the boy spirit is what we call it, is very open and free and identifies on the submissive side. Um, in in a kinky sort of sort of way and so it's very much like a free spirited kind of thing that's how i look at it is you want to have fun and you want to kind of push boundaries a little bit and kind of see what you can get away with so so kind of bratty a little bit <laughs> and we have a few of those nice. um but there's there's also boys who very much like the rules and the organization mm -hmm. so okay it's definitely a spectrum but yeah, we're open to everybody. Um, that's kind of our whole thing is we are open to anyone regardless of age, gender, orientation, or appearance. So mm -hmm. um, we have everybody. If you identify as a boy, that's basically what we ask. Okay. Nice. So what do you, what do you, what's, what are the Phoenix Boys of Leather do? I mean, once you've identified, once you've come in. It's, it's basically a big social group, and we kind of just hang out and have fun. We meet every Thursday. Um, we have a business meeting the first Thursday of the month, and then we do an education night um, the third Thursday of the month. So at the business meeting, we pick out our topics. It can be everything from what is a boy, to electro, to chastity, to fisting, to, to whatever. Or, uh -huh. And sometimes we've had really deep uh, <laughs> talks like about how do you deal with being a boy and in service and stuff like that. And sometimes we've just had fun and, okay, we're going to have a bondage demo night. And right. Here, here's some, here's to get you into it. So, nice. otherwise do, it's social. Do, do you have anybody who identifies as hey? Uh, not that I know of, but it's absolutely open. I uh -huh. mean, primarily 
gay males, mm-hmm. but um, I've known plenty of boys who identify as het. Right. So um, it's just, I just, I can't even think if we have one. We have plenty of pan, plenty of bi, um, we have trans members as well. And so we're, it's very, it's a very wide spectrum. So, okay. so it's just not a hit at the moment. At the current moment it. in right. time. <laughs> and you'd mentioned there, is there a literal vote? Do you vet people before yeah. they can join? Yeah. Um, there's, it's a whole membership process. I usually tell people you need to kind of be around us for about six months before you can come up for membership. And really that's just getting to know the group and allowing the group to get to know you. Because really, at the end of the day, we are just a group of friends who just so happen to hang out together and have a lot of fun. At right. the end of the day, it's, it's, a social, it's a social club. But is there a little bit more in that you're identifying, once you've identified with the club, mm-hmm. if you go and then you uh, throw people's, grab people's covers and throw them in the water... <laughs> Does it reflect poorly on the club? Is that part of why you vet people? Or? That, that's, that's, that's part of it. And, and at the end of the day, it's a trust thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's something that... It's sort of me putting my seal of approval on, on my brothers and my to-become brothers. Um, uh-huh. They are people who I know I could trust and say, Hey, oh, you want to do something? You want to experience something? Yes, you can go out and pick any one of these. We have over 60 members. You can go out and pick any one of these 60 people, and they will be a good person for you to play with and to experience new Okay, things. great. Oh, I like that, yeah. And, yeah. and it, it really is, to me, it really is a family. Like, I, I came down to Phoenix. Um, I have no other family here. I basically just moved down here <laughs> with two suitcases and a single blanket and a single pillow. So, the Phoenix Boys have really become my tr- my my family. I mean, uh-huh. more than just the chosen family, even though that's I guess what they are. But really, it's become a lot more to me than that. So, oh, very cool. That's how I look at it. Well, thank you. How can people that are uh, in the Phoenix area find out more about your organization? Sure. I, we obviously have a Facebook account, uh, Phoenix Boys of Leather, and then we also have a website, www.phoenixboysofleather.com. Um, it's free to sign up. We post. All of our events, we have a running calendar on there. We have a discussion board so people can find out about what we're doing. And then, like I said, we, ha- we meet every Thursday. So we, we have a fairly standard schedule that we follow every single month where we meet every single Thursday. So And it's open to everybody. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much thank for you. Being, thank you. talking to us. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Let's get some more chocolate. Okay. Supporting the podcast. Toss us a dollar by heading over to eroticawakening.com and click on the support us on Patreon button. Our end music is provided by Pocket Universe and the song is Whim. The official EA Twatter is Andy. The current sender of tentacles is Ohio Hedgehog. Thank you. The person we've seen most recently is Beacon. The provider of graphic novels is Johnny Jackhammer and the Good Witch of the North of the Sequential Sex Podcast. And the official food that goes on boobs is orange between boobs. Bye, Dan.